I was told I was too quiet. Now I'm yelling. Okay, now, now you're now modulated. I'm screaming. Okay. I'm screaming now. Hello. Hi. Welcome uh. to the Emo Social Club. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, golly gee. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast. <laughs> I like to start off our streams with just screaming at our audience to get them <laughs> involved. It's a good uh, attention getter. Yeah. I'll say hi to everybody in chat. Hey, uh, it's iCappy. Hey, Dash. Hey, Peter. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Brian. And I'm Lizzie. And that's Lizzie. And uh, we have a guest today. Uh, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. <laughs> yeah. Hi. What's up, guys? Uh, I'm Brett Crawford, social and digital media director for Metro Smart Bar and G-Man Tavern up in Chicago's Northside Wrigleyville neighborhood. Uh, stoked to be on the uh, podcast tonight with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Of course. Glad Absolutely. you were able to uh, come on on kind of short notice. <laughs> <laughs> this was literally yesterday, right? <laughs> uh, I sent it over the weekend. So basically yeah, you know, it turns out when uh, live music is shut. Oh, sorry. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm having some connectivity issues. So I think you guys are coming in a little late on my end. So uh, if, if gotcha. I'm taking a long time to answer shit, that's why I'm not just a dummy. No worries. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it turns out when a uh, uh, pandemic has shut down live music, I really suddenly have nothing on my calendar. <laughs> you know, that's perfect for us. I'm not going to say yeah. the pandemic has been great for our podcast. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but I'm alluding that it I'm, has been. I'm just Listen, <laughs> we, we have pretty much like the first week or two this happened. Brian sent me a message in our Discord private chat and he was like, um, I th- I'm gonna buy the emo social club dot TV domain. I'm like, what? And he's like, we need it. I'm like, sir, what are we gonna do with it? He's like, I bought it. We get, we're good. I'm like, <laughs> figure it out as you go, man. Pretty much. I'm still super quiet. Apparently, I'm so sorry, everyone. Am I quiet? No, I turned your volume. I can hear up. you, Brad. You're um, good. I can turn my own volume up more if you wanted to get really, really oh. crazy. <laughs> it feels sorry. Good. Feels good, man. How how do I sound now, everyone? Do I sound nicer? Do I sound meaner? Do I sound grittier, Aggressive. grippier? Oh my god, my head! <laughs> I like, I like, I like grippier, munchy, crunchy. What? Give me an adjective. How do I describe how I sound? That's warm, thick, warm. <laughs> what thick? Like thick. How many? Leather with some leather thickness. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's just me. I can't figure out. Uh, I Cappy in the chat. uh, We used to work together at Apple way, way back in the day. Uh, I recognize the screen name. So he's giving me shit because he knows I can take it to a genius bar. Listen, genius bar cannot help with OBS as much as we would like it to. No, dude, especially on a Mac. Yeah, Yeah. no, you can just go to Reddit and they can maybe help you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I spend way too much time before going into like a Twitch stream, just figuring out why is this not working in OBS all of a sudden? (laughs) Just the the Google history on your computer is just OBS blank, not working. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
yesterday I had to look up. It keeps saying that I'm streaming. I'm not streaming. And it's like, oh, you have this one button press. And I was like, <laughs> why would I need to know that? When did I press that button? How this did this like, button get pressed? <laughs> this sounds like a, a, a table read for a Seinfeld sketch. Oh, my entire life has become OBS <laughs> Seinfeld sketches. Yeah. It says I'm streaming. I'm not streaming. It says I'm streaming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hope I'm loud enough yeah. now. I'm going to assume I'm loud enough. This is all going to get fixed in post, so I wouldn't really worry about it. Uh, as long as you guys can stay in the chat and just like pretend that I'm saying really important things. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm not planning to in this uh, in this chat at all. <laughs> I'm planning on hearing important things. So, Brett, we have you on today <laughs> to speak specifically about a an issue that is happening during this pandemic. I'm not going to be as good. You are so like fluent in expressing it during the like before we we started streaming. So I'm going to let you yeah. give the spiel uh, because you're going to say it way better than I can. <laughs> Yeah, um, three out of four groundhogs actually are not chosen for Groundhog Day uh, festivities every year. So I, I'm just on this podcast. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I wanted you to go into that. I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to hear the justice for groundhogs. Spiel. Hashtag just justice for groundhogs. <laughs> it's just really sad that so many of them train and, and they're never going to get selected. Um, <laughs> they train to walk out of holes. Everyone they train to trust their shadows. the groundhogs. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm, I, Lizzie asked me to come on, um, tonight to talk about, um, you know, what, what music venues across the country are kind of facing right now amid this uh, pandemic. And, uh, it's super unfortunate that on March 12th, we had our last concert for the foreseeable future. Um, pretty much Pritzker announced the shelter in place order like the next week. Um, and he had already canceled all events with more than like 500 people uh, or 50 people. I don't remember how it started anymore because it's been so long and I'm <laughs> honestly kind of tired of thinking about it. Um, time, time cause it's cycle. Yeah. It's just super depressing. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, Metro and smart bar and G man were all a part of the, uh, Chicago independent venue league civil, that was kind of founded uh, in response to the Sterling Bay operation that they were trying to build all these live nation music venues in like the middle of Lakeview. So we all kind of banded together um, already before the pandemic started to kind of fight back against like big music, you know, big scary quotation marks. Um, and that then began once the pandemic started and the hideout closed outright. And then, you know, all these other restrictions came down and the shelter in place, um, we all kind of started looking at each other in this group and we're like, we are fucked potentially for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And it was about that time that, um, Moose, uh, who I was on a panel with at an ETIX conference last year, he reached out and he was a part of this national independent venue association. Um, and they were putting together this roster of like every important music venue and like mom and pop music venue independent places across the country they were getting them together and now there's over 1300 um you know venues in these uh in this association and what we're doing is we're lobbying uh basically we're lobbying the government to try to like get a, a federal bailout for independent music because as of right now, like Polestar is estimating that there's already $9 billion in losses just in like ticket revenue, um, which means that music venue owners can't pay their 
mortgages, their taxes, their bills. I mean, insurance, um, keeping a liquor license in the city of Chicago is like a pain in the ass already. And it's even worse to try and pay it when there's no fucking money coming in. Mm-hmm. So, um, Niva and civil are both working together to try and just figure out, you know, either in Springfield downstate or in Washington on a fit on a national level, like, hi, can you help culture like survive this instead of, you know, letting everyone out to dry and see who can make it through? Well, especially because I know that there was one music venue, I know on the East Coast called Great Scott that actually had to close up. And I think that's one of the first of, unfortunately, many we're going to see because of this pandemic unless we do get this funding. For sure. Um, I mean, it's it's really sad, you know, and like uh, just kind of like being in a lot of like music industry groups uh, on Facebook you slowly start to see people like, you know, there was a big first wave of people that got let go like immediately or got furloughed, you know, like your security staff, your bar staff. And now you're seeing like even people in my position, you know, who like are considered like a full timer, you know, we're starting to get worried because it's like, okay, if, you know, music isn't going to be allowed to happen with more than 50 people in the room, basically like every music venue is either going to have to do like 50 person shows and potentially lose money. Cause what band is going to take that deal? And then, or you just close completely and furlough all your employees and hope that like people come back to work for you in a year or however long it's going to be or months. I hate saying, I really, side note, I really don't want to like say how long I think it's going to be until <laughs> live music starts because I don't want anyone to like believe that I am an authority on the matter because no one fucking knows. So the Emo Social Club tries to make everybody sound like an authority. So we are going to sell this as this is the exact length of time. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Oh, that's that document you wanted me to sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we well, have... how do you... Go ahead, Lizzie. I was about to say, how do you feel? I don't know if you've seen this, but um, there was a recommendation put out for when shows eventually, whenever the hell that is, come back, that people can't crowd surf or mosh. Um do Good you luck. Really feel like that's yeah, that's how I feel too. It's the same thing with I'm already going to be close to people. It's I don't feel like I feel safe either way necessarily. So why not? Right. And, that were and, the case. I mean, to be 100% realistic, not being one of those douchebags who are like, I don't need to wear a face mask. This isn't real. So, you know, realistically, having gone to so many shows and the types of shows and the types of people you meet at shows, I just don't think that's realistic. No, 100%. I mean, you can't even. <laughs> I mean, you get kids at every show coming with fake IDs and, you know, like you got dudes at every show that want to throw elbows in the mosh pit. And like, those are already social norms that you're supposed to follow. And like, they don't. So like, what makes you think that anyone that's going to come to a concert is going to be like abiding by the laws of wearing a face mask? Like I could imagine like, you know, you always get those like handful of kids that are like, I need to crowd kill for absolutely no fucking reason. Yeah. Could you just imagine trying to enforce those people, like six people trying to crowd kill? Like, no, it just would not happen. No, I, like we get complaints at the Metro all the time about that, uh, the barrier, you know, that we put up, like the metal barricade. Yeah. Um, like, I, I'm just having this mental image of like the barricade being 20 feet from the stage and everyone just standing like far away from the performers everyone to like becomes, kill the mosh pit zone. Everyone becomes a preemptive 30 year old punk where they're like, yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, I'm almost thirty. What the what the fuck does that mean? Ah, must be nice. Must be nice to have a future ahead of you. Oh. Whatever that future is, it must be nice. 
We know, no one Thanks. knows what it's going to look like after this, but at the very least, young people have something to look forward to. I have nothing. I have nothing. nothing. You, could, you could buy property in like the worst, yeah, you know in, the, in the worst entire you know what? sphere of the or true. <laughs> or worse, you could become a landlord. Oh, yeah. Don't yeah. do that. Like, okay. So this is one question I have about like independent, uh, independent venues, independent owners, like bars, venues, and anywhere that like is renting from a location. Right. So I, I don't know about sure. Metro specifically, but if somebody, own, uh, if somebody's renting from an owner of the building or the property that uh-huh. they're in, uh, is that like the main issue right now that like, uh, venues are facing is that they can't afford to pay these things. Cause I, I, I know there's a lot of news about the rent freezes and stuff like that. And I don't really know where all of that stuff is. Yeah. Currently. Um, no, a hundred percent. I mean, Metro is lucky enough that we, well, technically the bank owns the building, but we pay a mortgage, you know, it's like the same way as people that buy houses, you get a bank, you get a loan from the bank and you pay the bank back and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So we own, you know, the building, um, but for people that do, you know, have to rent their spaces or they're on like, like double door, for instance, was on a lease, like a mm. 10 year lease. Um, yeah, that would be, that would be a conversation that we would have had to have with the building owner. Um, but you know, the rent free stuff, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of a sketchy situation because, you know, you have so many people that are calling for the economy to reopen just because they're afraid of what will happen if it, if it doesn't. And instead of just freezing all mortgages and rent payments, like across the board nationwide and giving people like federal money to pay their other bills and to like stimulate their local economy, like instead it's just been this directive of like, well, if you get sick, sorry, like yeah. we've got to, we've got to do the way the do things the way we've been doing them. And unfortunately for music venues, like we just don't get to reopen. Yeah. So unless there's a rent freeze, you know, that would be to answer your question. Yes. I think that's the biggest part of all of this is there's a lot of money that goes into keeping just a fucking building open and paying the electric and paying the heat, um, paying for the water. Um, and like all the smaller jobs that people sometimes don't even think about, um, you know, with these buildings being closed, there's just so much less work for any anyone like maintenance people cleaning crews um trades people uh it all kind of trickles down to to the very edges of the economy um but yeah for us right now we're lucky that we own the building and the bank it sounds like has been pretty cool with us Mm. as far as like payments um but how long that will last who fucking knows yeah that's just us that's our situation though yeah. Were you guys um, able to apply for any of those small business loans at all? We did get some, and forgive me because I don't know which one. Uh, we did get some funding, uh, which was able to just basically help keep myself and a few other key people uh, for Metro and Smart Bar and G-Man on staff. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly when the time, God, I should know this. Um, I'm not sure when the timeline on that expires, but I can tell you it's not going to get me, you know, personally through like September and who knows, like I said, like when anything's going to be open, if September is even a realistic thing to say like, Oh, I can go back to the office. Like maybe we'll start selling more tickets for shows in the winter. Um, but yeah, it's kind of scary. Just like, 
people, you know, bands and artists who like move their shows. And then you see that like the band has just canceled tours. This hasn't really happened with us so much, but like a lot of smaller venues and stuff, there's bands that are just like, okay, we can't find places that are going to be willing to host a show for this routing. So even though the New York and the LA dates were going to be fine, now they have to cancel the whole thing and move it to like, you know, next spring, which is like a year without live music is fucking insane. Yeah. And it makes me very emo, which is why I'm on the <laughs> Emo Social Club podcast. Look at that. Look at that plug. I love plugging our podcast name in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> you got to do it, man. It's like when it someone says the name of, of a movie in the movie. Yeah, exactly. They're like, they said it. It's like what you sent me the other day. You're like, what if we start doing the fourth dimension breaking one axe? And I said, I actually have oh, to that, go. That was just for me. That wasn't for anybody else except for me. I have this crazy idea that I'm conceptualizing. I filled up a, no- a couple notebook pages. It's like ideas. That'll come later. We don't have to get wow. into that on this one. Uh, let's act it out. No, let's do it. Oh, no. All right. Let me throw you the screen. No. All right. Great. Um, Exterior nightclub. <laughs> uh, I'm just reading. I'm just doing the scene notes. Yeah. It, listen, I was thinking about G-Man and how I'm like, yeah, I'm actually really sad that I can't go to G-Man. Every time somebody brings up G-Man, I'm like, I want to go to G-Man. Dude. <laughs> that makes well, me hey. <laughs> You can go to G-Man this Saturday. We're doing another growler, a walk-up growler uh, day. And so we're selling like these big $2 plastic growlers. Um, and we got like five or six different types of fresh tapped beer that you can pay 20 bucks for. Um, so you can swing by and, and drop some money in on, a, on the Venmo there and pick up some fresh beer. I did it last Saturday when we started doing it. it was, I didn't realize how much I missed fresh beer. <laughs> Fair. I'm like, I drink a lot of beer, but it's just not fresh. <laughs> it's not fresh. You know, it's not from the source. <laughs> from the source. No, I need it straight from the teat. <laughs> the beer teat. <laughs> the tap, the teaty tap. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. We're always coming up with new words on this podcast. The teaty teep. The teaty tap. <laughs> the teaty tap. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> such a huge fan Ew. yeah it's not great um <laughs> makes me feel all marble mouth like i just said another bad word like moist moist that's not that that's not that bad of a word everybody wants me, uh, me to turn everyone's mics down now <laughs> oh. moist. no i'm like a little ASMR. hi today we're talking about saving independent music <laughs> venues i'm getting chills. and then i like i do what's this shit <laughs> you know, they're like tapping shit it's just like dude someone needs to do emo asmr where they just read my chemical romance lyrics oh jesus i did um well, at my college radio station because i used to do um midnight to 3 a.m because that's the main time i like to do so it was free play so you could be on air as long as you wanted yeah Plus, I was in charge, so I could really do whatever I wanted to do. Anyway, so wow. my friend and I, he would come in sometimes, and we would take, like, Panic at the Disco, like, because it was around the time Miss Jackson came out when I was in um, undergrad, and we would do slam poetry of different emo stuff. What? On air. No. I think I have a recorded somewhere on my Facebook, so I could pull it, and we could put it on there, but it's there. We need that in the show notes immediately. That's the new intro. That's the new intro for this podcast. Yeah. That's Ooh, actually going to be in our Patreon. You can only get slam poetry to different emo songs. You go to our 
Patreon. Great. We're starting a Patreon literally just for that now. <laughs> I have. I will, I'll submit. I'll submit a piece for the Patreon. Yeah. See, we can get everybody. We can get locals and celebrities and everyone. Everyone gets a different one. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Oh my god. Listen, this I is innovation tell- in the making. <laughs> yeah. I think I I think I have uh oh never mind. I can't think of it. Dead story. Next. <laughs> okay, so Brett, let's get back to Next. um let's get back to Neva. So when this kind of yeah. came about, I know that at least the New York Times actually ran a piece that includes sub T last week talking also yeah. about Neva and trying to keep independent music going how has that has that generated a lot of good or any press for you guys like yeah recently? Um, yes block club published a piece um last week as well about it and then rolling stone picked up uh the same thing as well they're all pretty much the same kind of article and it's like music is dying and mom and pop music venues are gonna go away and it's all sad but you know, call your senators. And it's like such a, it's been cool despite of like the sadness about it. It's been really cool to watch people like straight up Stan Metro and empty bottle and, you know, all these beautiful old places where we've all shared so many memories and people are finally starting to be like, Oh fuck, like, wait, you're really, you really might go away. Like I donated your GoFundMe because we all thought this would last like a month. And now they're like, you can't go away. And since those articles started running, like we saw a really big groundswell um, just around like resharing our stuff, resharing those articles. Um, this dude, Evan Art, did like this really, he's been doing cool pieces of all of these independent music venues in Chicago where he like draws them with like futuristic astronaut aliens and stuff. I posted it on the Metro Instagram uh, a couple days ago. But, you know, people have been donating to our GoFundMe more. This is like the second round, I would say, of like the high we're closed and kind of fucked for a while um, media cycle for music venues. Because um, we came out really strong and then we kind of had a bump again when Vans uh, reached out to us um, to be a part of the Foot the Bill program and give us a custom shoe. Um, and the net proceeds from that benefit our staff directly. And then we partnered with our friends at Barrel Maker Printing to do a custom t-shirt uh, with them. And that went over like gangbusters. And then there was kind of a lull for the last two weeks um, while we were all kind of behind the scenes working on this stuff. And then Neva went and did a huge push and did this like big national announcement. And uh, yeah, the press was reaching out to us. I know Joe Shanahan, the owner of you know our clubs, um, he's been super busy taking like phone calls and interviews, um, speaking with senators speaking with um local government officials i mean there's a district for one of our reps um who has i think it's 20 independent venues though i feel i don't have this written down um it's i think it's 20 independent venues are in one district and it's the most of anyone else in the country so, and that's here in Chicago. So it's like the, the importance of not only just like a national push, but even just like Chicago's music scene is so like, it is just so vividly illustrated right now. And like 
how much of a, a, a power that our city is when it comes to independent music. In addition to like, other than California, Illinois had the most submissions to the Neva Senator program, urging senators to pass um, legislation to bail us out. So, I mean, that's pretty fucking cool, you know, because we definitely don't have the, the highest population. Like we beat out New York. Damn. Yeah, that's that's insane, especially because, you know, well, New York does, uh, as I found out through some research, they are they do have a lot of venues that are owned by like AEG or like Live Nation. So it kind of sets them like way apart. Right. The the Goliath to our David. (laughs) (laughs) It does make me really happy that we have so many independent Um, ones. But yeah, so concerning. (laughs) Right. I mean, we're all such stubborn assholes that we, no, no one wanted to take uh, <laughs> no one wanted to take those Live Nation AEG deals. And now they're kind of, I'm sure, sitting over there being like, we'll wait. Hmm. We'll wait. We're wait. Well, we, they also have to remember that most of our, at least here in Chicago, most of our independent like venue people, I feel like they run on Malort. So that means that they will just keep going <laughs> no matter how much pain they're in. That's that right. That's kind of yeah, true. So, <laughs> See? It's a okay, service a, industry must. If you could compare um each like major city's personality of their music venue, we're Malort. I don't know about everybody else's, but I know New York City is probably a little bit more classy than us. <laughs> I don't know. New York to me is more like just broken beer bottles on the floor kind of city. Kind of. Like maybe maybe they are a little classier now. I yeah. don't think so. I, mean, I went there like maybe four years ago. Granted, it was my first time there, so I don't know if it changed that much. But I was like, okay, this is a little uppity and snooty. Why? I don't know. Because it's not as good as the city of Chicago. But go off, wow. I guess. <laughs> There's nothing people from Chicago. I got like a lot of friends that live in New Chicago. York City. and Oh, sorry. Yeah, I think it's we're true. No, you're oh. right, dude. I was going to say, it's like listening to them talk about new york and it's like you know my buddy one, one of my friends specifically he posts on twitter like every five or six days he's like i miss new york and then he'll reply and be like i still live here but it just doesn't feel the same you know <laughs> and he just like says it yeah. over and over well, and because know, it's, it's true it's like yeah. that death cut for cutie song like if you feel like a tourist in the city you're in time to <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> it's true um I was listening to death cab there you go. Whenever you're in the sad feels, <laughs> go straight to Ben Gibbard's open arms. Did you see that meme of him the other day? The one where it was like even the pandemic's taking away the emo hair. Yeah, because his emo hair was over it. And then he like didn't. There was another one. And he's got like such defined forehead wrinkles. And everyone's like, this motherfucker, Benjamin Button. Like, <laughs> I was like, damn, dude. Ben. <laughs> Side note, oh, Ben Gibbard at Thalia Hall with Julian Baker was maybe one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Dude, that oh sounds God. like it would have been. I love them. I love sad bastard emo music. Love it. Us what too. Are your, what are your top uh, sad bastard emo <laughs> tunes or artists <laughs> or bands? Um, I mean, if we're talking like sad, like I'm going to finish a fifth of whiskey on my back porch, like City and Color, oh. absolutely. <laughs> I just... Okay, so Fridays we do like a DJ set and I just like do like a happy hour, play whatever I want to. And usually like people just tell me requests. 
Yeah. And our, our friend Dashney, who's in the chat somewhere, was like, oh, play a City in Color song. And I was like, I, you know, I've never actually really like, I've heard some songs, but like I never really listened to them very. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. I like this one. Then I, like like a minute in, I'm like, I've heard this one. I know this yeah. fucking song. <laughs> Wait a minute. I know this song. This so I'm like, yeah, I, I, I dig it. Now I'm like, all right, now I got to get sadder and sadder and sadder and just get Dude, into City in Color. <laughs> It's great, like fall music, you know, but subsequently you can also listen to it during the spring because no one's going outside enough to really notice that there's a difference. Yeah. Fair. Through my um, window, it all looks basically the same right now. Right. <laughs> um, so I can, I'm going to answer your question with a bit of a longer answer because something about me, I don't know if I told you this when we met before, but I used to play in an, a live emo karaoke band in Lawrence, Kansas. Interesting. Uh, called called Taking Back Monday, and this is yes, in like very interesting. <laughs> this is in like two thousand. <laughs> this was, I think, in two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. So, like, we're all in college, and half of our band worked at the Bottleneck already, and there was a Metal Monday, like standing open mic night, where like metal bands would come, and the the band was like well, the house band quit. So like, we're just going to learn a couple tunes and like encourage people to bring their own shit and they can jam with us and we'll just fuck around all night. And it was like dollar PBR. So eventually we're like just learning, like taking back Sunday and the used and dashboard and having fun. And people just are like, wait, you guys should learn this song for next week. And slowly it just becomes this like emo night. And then <laughs> instead of anyone bringing instruments to play along with us, people are just requesting for microphones on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and just singing the songs. And so after like years, by the time I finally moved in like 2014, it was like we were doing after shows for like some 41 and like taking back Sunday. And then like Bayside and Alkaline Trio were on tour together. And Matt Pryor from the Get Up Kids was a neighbor of our guitar player. And he, the Get Up Kids uh, were friends of... Um, alkaline trios and matt just tells uh matt skiba he's like you know there's these dudes that have a residency at the bottleneck they play emo tunes all night uh that's tonight if you guys want to go because they were staying at his house on an off night of tour and we get a phone call from the bar manager at the bottleneck at like 8 30 and he's like hey guys um i know that you usually don't start till like 10 30 or 11 but Bayside and Alkaline Trio and half of the Get Up Kids are here just waiting for you guys to start. <laughs> and there's like no one in the bar at this point. Like they're just hanging out playing pool. So <laughs> we like text all of our friends and call all of our buddies. And like there's usually about 50 people that come every week and we tell them that there's special guests. And so like 200 people up and it's free. And Eventually, the bartender was talking to Matt from Trio, and he's like, you guys should just jump up and do a couple songs. Like, I'll comp your entire tab tonight if you guys do a couple songs for these kids. And so they just come up, and they play our gear, and they just do like a stripped-down set, and it's like really, really wild. I mean, I still can't believe it happened. And then Bayside fucking gets up, and Matt plays Devotion and Desire with us, and he sings the whole thing. And afterwards, he's like... You guys just played that song better than my own fucking band did. <laughs> oh my god! So oh my to god. answer that question, I got 
in a very long way. Um, <laughs> I played so many of my favorite songs for so long that like I can't really listen to them as much anymore. So I found myself getting like I I never listened to Finch when I was a kid. I re- that's yes. like a really good sad band that I like yeah. now that I just never knew about. You know, <laughs> um, great. I feel about that. I listened to a podcast and I was actually editing that podcast and they were critiquing Finch. I'm like, who the fuck is this? And I'm like, my heart. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, they're a great band. Uh, and then Glassjaw is a really big one for me. It's a little more aggressive, but still kind of mm. sad in a way. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I really like Pedro the Lion. That's He's like top five mm. for me. I don't know if you've ever listened to him, but he's a little more like indie emo. Kind of kind of yeah. rode that wave before this era of emo was like, like the, the mm. actual emo the real emo <laughs> yeah he kind of started as like a midwest oberst style uh, you know acoustic sad bastard and yeah. then developed into like a now he's just like a former christian who plays with like lo-fi instruments and it's still really good <laughs> i do think i've listened to pedro the lion before but yeah when he when they came out with their latest album what was it last year or something yeah yeah oh about living in going. phoenix yeah, it's good. That's a long answer, but I figured you guys would appreciate that because I, if I tell that story to anybody else, I'm probably not going to give a shit. Listen, I'm a huge trio fan, so I definitely yeah. appreciate that story. I'm like, what? Oh, nice. I'm like, what? Dude, we only I, accept alkaline trio love here, never hate. Only accept. It's, I Actually, I'll remind me once this is over, I have a stack of signed trio posters that have been just sitting by my desk from one of their three-night runs they did in the last... It wasn't the most recent one. It was the one before that. So it's like 2017, 2016. They did the, uh, yeah. the four albums with the uh, uh, it might or the eight have albums, been. the four nights. Yeah, I was uh, I was there every single night, I, and I had a great time. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you came. I loved it. I wanted I'm, to go, but none of my friends outside of here really uh, like alkaline trio except for me and I was, I was at that point where i was like i don't think i should go to a show alone <laughs> oh my god and now you're Big like oh absolutely i love going to shows alone yeah it's pretty great i did go to one of those alone because we had but, tickets all right, for four nights let's let's uh... yeah it's kind of hard <laughs> to find someone who got as lucky as you like, oh, I was just saying, I, when you have tickets to four nights, like you said, like it's hard to find someone who's just as lucky as you. Yeah. <laughs> but also like who wants to actually spend four nights seeing the same band? Like a lot of people wanted to go for like, I know, I mean, I meet, I am me. I am, I am that kind of person. But like, if I were not a huge Alkaline Trio fan or like only liked a couple records and like didn't know their entire discography and you were like, oh, they're playing all eight records over the course of four nights. Oh, cool. When are they playing like these two records? No one knows. No uh, one knows. Then, show up and see. Then I don't know when I, when I want to go. What nights do I want to go? And it's like, I, I can't tell you now as I hey, bought sorry, the tickets. My computer just shit the bed. <laughs> we still hear you. We just can't see you. Or yeah, your you're your just kind of screen's not moving much. <clears throat> there you go. You're back there a little we bit. Go. Cool. Yeah, sorry. That's no, all right. I, I, uh, please finish your story. I was following along. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I went like one of the nights, and I think it was like the third night. So they basically played them in like reverse, like first and last, and then like 
like in order like that. It's hard for me to come up with what that's called and I'm not going to go through it. You can figure it out. Look back Reverse on the internet. chronological. <laughs> but like also chronological. So it's like Reverse they're going. chronological. Yeah, but together. It's reverse and chronological at the same. Listen, the point is Alkaline Trio threw us all for a loop. And the fourth night was when they played their two probably best albums. Uh, uh, Good Morning and uh, the one before that. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking can't remember it right now. But the point is that I had a great time on that (laughs) night the most of all. Crimson. Crimson and Good Morning. Those are the two on that night. And then like there was another night where it's like, oh, these are their records. I'm not surprised nobody wanted to come with me on this particular night. <laughs> like everyone's like, I don't really know that one as well as the other ones. Like, yeah, I get it. You know, you can't win them all. Yeah. <laughs> but you I can. Remem- oh, go ahead. I was about to say, I remember when that was all happening and I was up in Wrigleyville. I don't remember why, probably for a show or for work. And I walked past and I saw the, is this thing curse? Like the whole late, like setup that Metro yeah. had. I'm like, I want to break in and just like <laughs> take a photo with that. Cause it looks fucking cool. Um, so our box office manager, Pete, uh, or former box office manager, Pete, he left before all this started. Um, his partner made that um, all from scratch. She found like a red phone at like a thrift store, I think. Um, or no, it was my coworker, Stacy's. It was her red phone. And then she kind of dressed everything else up in that little, uh, that little window display. It really sucks because that window display for like a year was a really cool art installation piece that we would have different artists like create whatever they wanted. And then I think the, after that trio show, there was like one or two more and then we couldn't find anyone to do it. So we just put posters up in the glass and it like went back to just being like a sad fish tank. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's a good one that that red phone with the little alkaline trio logo in the middle of the dial just sits on stacy's desk on the fourth floor of the of the metro oh my god that's that's really cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah and do you want to know the funniest thing you'll get a kick out of this uh my uh co-worker anna has this tiny little dog uh named sugar and I don't even know what fucking kind of dog it is. It's probably, I think it's part Chihuahua, but it it it's like the laziest fucking thing and just like lays in its bed all the time. But if you pick up the receiver to that old red phone and dangle it in front of the dog, the dog will like jump up and like try and eat it and like growl at it and shit. It fucking hates that phone for whatever reason. I mean, it's so cursed. sometimes they say that dogs can like vibe and sense like when something bad is around maybe has like an evil spirit or something in it (laughs) are you suggesting that the alkaline trio phone actually is cursed it may be and the dog just knows and no one else does it may be there you go there's no such thing as curses when i say that you have to put the like the ancient aliens like we're gonna get curses gonna get just throw an Alex Jones voice in there just because. No, let's dogs. <laughs> this band Alkaline Trio. They're cursing all of our phones. Can't make any phone calls. The 5G causing coronavirus. I keep calling people. The cords are spreading cancer. <laughs> These three chord pop punk bands can't can't I don't know. I Damn. I don't yeah, watch Alex do Jones this. enough. <laughs> This is the rest of the podcast is us just doing terrible Alex Jones impersonations. Oh 
my god! I mean, your uh, guys' yeah. was great. Mine was terrible. I can't pretend like I practice. Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't. But I have watched a lot of like jokey uh, Alex Jones videos, and so I've just like learned how he talks, what he says. Yeah. And it's mostly just it's like it's hard not to. It's like screaming from the inside, but like not screaming <laughs> outside. It's like Damn. my kids won't talk to me anymore because I sit here and I talk about Could crazy shit. <laughs> anyway, buy my bulletproof vest. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. And he's been doing it for like 30 years. He's yeah, crazy just per- getting yeah. away with it. Well, except recently, he did have to pay out a settlement um, for lying about the Sandy Hook shooting. Oh, finally. It only took so long. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. There is justice. Yeah. I don't know. He's also saying he it wants to eat his enough. neighbors now. All right. Well, like, I guess that's what happens. If this gets you know, any worse. <laughs> if this gets any worse and we run out of food, if all the lines of food delivery run out. You know, I'm looking over at my neighbors and I'm like, they could, they could be delicious. Oh my God. And I'm like, what? Are, who are you talking? Who is who, watching who this video? Who are your neighbors? Do your neighbors like, know about this? this didn't you get ordering? fired from your like <laughs> job? Like, don't you like, who is, who's on the other end of this microphone? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> your That's neighbors terrifying. might know they live next to you too. And then that goes on the news. Your neighbors are like. I don't want to move right now, but damn. <laughs> and then like the sale of their like house immediately, yeah. it just never sells because everyone's like, yo, they, he said he's going to fucking. If eat. I move in there, I'm at a higher risk of getting eaten by Alex Jones than I am right now. Than getting coronavirus probably <laughs> yeah. at this point. <laughs> Honestly, like I don't know what the odds are, but the odds of being eaten by Alex Jones, if you live next to him are like nearly a hundred percent. At he this said point, it. yeah. He said it, so it's got to be true. Nothing Alex Jones has ever said has been a lie. Oh, God. No. <laughs> Never. Not at all. I like that we so, can talk about some not serious stuff, too, I in know, the middle like of that. all of this, like, seriousness. Well, we need I it, you know? It. We, we need, need to it. laugh. Yeah. What kind of stuff have you been doing, Brett, uh, during, obviously, like, you're staying home and, you know, trying to be as yeah. safe as you can be and, you know, keep your sanity? <laughs> Yeah. Um, what have I been doing to keep myself busy? I, uh, started a podcast myself. Um, actually we started it in like February and did a few episodes, but you know, similar to what we were talking about earlier, like audio technical issues, like someone's microphone just didn't record right. So it's Mm -hmm. just a bunch of dead air and sound fucking stupid. So finally, by the time we got it done, it was like, the week before the shelter in place went into effect. And then every episode we've done subsequently has been like over the air like this. Um, so that's fun. We started a Metro podcast last week. Um, we're going to have another episode out, I think this Saturday. Um, so that'll be good. Going to get old Joe Shanahan on the horn and ask him some, some fun questions about behind the scenes stuff at Metro. Hell yeah. Um, and then, you know, I'm in my recording studio right now. I've got a lot of amps and guitars and pedals and drum machines and shit like that that I just kind of spend hours dorking around on. I have done a really great job at creating lots of little ideas of songs, but a very bad job at finishing any of them. <laughs> so 
that's going to be, I think, my next challenge. I'm afraid to do vocals for any of these songs because though I can sing, um, I don't like singing in this room because it's very tinny mm-hmm. and um, there's like tile floor in here because it goes out back. And also my neighbors that live upstairs are uh, children's music teachers oh. and they've been teaching from home via zoom for the last two months and if i have to hear people do vocal exercises more than i already do i might you might never see me again so (laughs) it's just it's really i mean it is at all hours of the day just like you'll hear scale runs on a piano upstairs and you're just like fucking stop you're like listen do whatever Um, everyone else did and just be a fucking punk artist and just go start screaming it's fine (laughs) Yeah, so I'm gonna have to do yeah. that at some point. Uh, but uh, other than that, I don't know. I play some video games. <laughs> been writing, been reading, trying to read. I don't know. Do you guys have this problem where like you you just can't stay focused on anything now? Yeah, yeah. Because I hate. It. Oh yeah. I think like it. It's interesting that the entire world moved online, and we have now all kinds of things at our fingertips. We have access to talk to anybody at any time because everybody's free. Everybody's like basically sitting around waiting for something to do. Everybody is running out of things at this point. If we all thought it was going to last for a month now we're in month three and it's like, fuck, what are we going to do for the next two months? Let's say, um, no, no experts here. We're just guessing, (laughs) but it's like you're running out of things to do and you're presented with an unlimited amount of time and an unlimited amount of access and options. So it's like when I feel like when you have a limited amount of time and you have a limited amount of things that you want to get done, it's way easier to just say, Oh, I'll get that done right now. You power through it. You, you get it done, you present it and you're like, cool, that is out the door. Now it's like, I can't like if you, I've been thinking about writing music too. And I'm like, cool. Cause I'm going to perform it anytime soon. Like, right. it like man, what's the point? <laughs> like what's the, what's the due date for this? Like it's not like what's oh man. Like we were we were going to do an email karaoke at the end of April and I was like, "Oh, this is back in like January, February oh. we were setting it up and I was like, "Oh, you know what? I've been working on this music like wouldn't it be really cool if I had something ready to go by then and had a, like had a, a debut performance at this email karaoke night, right? And then like maybe yeah. 3 weeks later it was like, "Hey, we're shutting down life." And I was like, cool, well, I guess I can work on that while I'm like at home, not doing nothing. But then it's like, well, it's not like I have that same due date now. Like I could have performed it there. I would have had that opportunity. And now it's like, if I do it, I'm still waiting to do anything with it. So there's no like rush to get it done. There's there's plenty of time to work yeah. on it, plenty of time to perfect it, plenty of time to present it. So therefore I can't focus and get it done. <laughs> Yeah, but but at some point, like I've been trying to convince myself that that's just a cop out that I've been like telling myself, and that's like call your ass out on the pod right now. But like, (laughs) listen, that's uh, that's what we bring guests on for. I'm like, please help me figure out my own shit. Check. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, But I've been I've been like, okay, if I'm not gonna do this now, like I'm literally never gonna do it. And I almost have to like prove to myself that like if this really matters and it's something that I actually fucking care about, just go in there and do it. Finish a song send it to somebody like put it on soundcloud and send it to five people and then it's done yeah that's it and like if someone gives you some constructive feedback yeah you can change it and then like that's easy but like i'm i'm really trying to like focus on just like checking things off the list as Mm -hmm. completed 
because I feel like that's been helping me mentally just stay a little more sane. Yeah. Like waking up instead of laying in bed for an hour on my phone, like getting up and making coffee check, mm-hmm. you know, like making my bed check, <laughs> opening my computer and reading my emails, you know, check. Like those are their little wins. Yeah. Cause otherwise I will just lay around all day and do <laughs> jack shit. I have a, uh, it's basically a scrum board next to my bed of a bunch of post-it notes under different categories of like, these are things I want to get done around my apartment. These are things that I want to get done for like personal creativity. These are things that I want to get done for like just chores and stuff like that. Sure. And I did that pretty much week one. Like I was like, I know I'm going to be stuck at home. I know I'm going to have all of this time and all of these things that I've put off because I said I didn't have time. I had time. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, let me just whisper that under my breath. I had the time, but now I'm like, okay, you, you said you didn't have the time. You were lying to yourself and others. Now you actually have the time. Stop lying to yourself and others and put it on this wall. And I still, as of now have completed some of them. <laughs> There's still a lot of stuff on that board and I keep adding to it. And I'm like, eh, shit, yeah. I'm still nowhere, but yay, you know, something's better than nothing. Right. That's, that is how I feel about it too. And it's like, it's good to have something that's visible and something physical rather than like writing stuff down, even online, even like in a notepad or a note app or something like that. Like, like having something on a wall that I can walk into the room, look at and go, Oh man, I really haven't done shit in two months. (laughs) (laughs) You know, shout out. I mean, I agree with you. I, I try and write all my like notes and lyrics and ideas and shit down on paper, but like take it from someone who accidentally like had their phone ruined last month, like anything you want to keep that is saved, like digitally, just fucking back it up. Cause I lost two and a half years worth of like notes and ideas when my phone bricked. um, And I took it to sprint and asked him to fix it. And the guy's like, yeah, I just had to do a hard reset. Here's your stuff. And I was like, what? <laughs> like my things. And then if, my, my things. My my things. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so that sucks. Um, but I agree. I like writing stuff down. It feels like it feels like I actually mean it. You know? Yeah, it's it's different purposes. Like I have a lot of notes. Like for work, I have a lot of notes that are entirely digital. I don't really write anything down physically for work. I guess like for me, it's like I don't want this in my real life. I want this in my work life. <laughs> Yeah, my my e life. Yeah, yeah. Like I have all work of that on my work balance. laptop. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, healthy. It's, it's, it's very much work life balance. Like this is all my work stuff. It's on my work laptop. I close that work laptop. It is out of my day. Like my day is yeah. done. Then I have like all the creative stuff, and that is just like put it anywhere. Just put it everywhere. Surround yourself in it because like otherwise you're not going to prioritize it. Especially if you're at work all day and you're like, I don't want to. I don't want to do work all day. And now, of course, I'm in the same space doing work as I would be in the space doing creativity. And it's yeah. like, I need to like have something, some sort of balance there and some way of figuring out like, am I working? Am I creating? Am I, am I being lazy? Am I being productive? Do I need right. to be productive? Those kinds of things, those kinds well, of questions. It's like, I, I had insomnia for a while in, um, like in high school and no one could figure out what it was. And turns out I think it was just anxiety. Um, but one of the things that I remember talking to a doctor about was he was like, your brain literally like associates different environments with like different neurological triggers. Mm -hmm. So if you 
can't sleep and you spend all day in bed, like on your phone or on your laptop or watching TV, as soon as you try and go to bed, like if you turn the light off or turn your screen off, your body's so used to already being in your bed all day that it doesn't associate it with like sleepy time. Mm-hmm. Whereas like now I don't ever go in my bedroom until I'm like ready to go to bed. And as soon as I walk in, it's like head hits the pillow and I'm out. Um, and that's what I've tried to associate, you know, this studio room with is just like creativity or, you know, I have like a yoga mat and I'll throw down and like do some stretches, do a little yoga, maybe do some jumping jacks. Um, but like trying to associate my environment in my little apartment with like, this is the corner where I do art and this <laughs> is a corner where I do food and this is a corner where I sleep, you know, like yeah, that's, it's, but it's been helpful. And I feel like that's part of the reason I haven't like started to go absolutely insane. Cause I'm such an extrovert that if you would have told me January 1st, 2020, that like you're going to spend eight or almost nine weeks inside, not going to a show, not having a meal at a restaurant and not going to a bar with your friends. I would have been like, you're, you're fucking hilarious, dude. Like how much money are they paying me to stay inside? Yeah. And Turns here we are. None. Yeah. No. Stay inside for $1,200 and that's it. That's it. Right. Which isn't, yeah, yeah. It could be worse. It could be no money involved. That would right. be really bad. They're but, supposed to. They're trying to get through another stimulus check round, but we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, <laughs> but no. I mean, I you know I talked about mental health mental health a lot. I have to say I have you know Johnny and the guys at um, Hope for the Day are super cool people. I don't know if you mm-hmm. plugged them on this podcast oh, already. Yeah, they were they were one of our like very first interviews. Yeah. Yeah. Um Johnny's I mean, awesome. <laughs> he's he's the fucking dude. I, we work with him at Metro a lot. Um Dave, my good buddy that I he co-hosts my podcast with me. Um he's working on a new initiative that they have called 86 the silence uh, mm-hmm. and it's all about outreach for um service industry workers uh who right now ironically probably need it the most uh, Mm because so many of them are out of work and you know working on unemployment uh staying at home all the time so please i will say again if you haven't jump over give those guys some love donate if you can they're doing some really amazing things for mental health in the city yeah very glad that uh sip of hope raised the money that they needed yeah. as well we oh were god we were trying to plug that on here i was, do I our was best. really worried when yeah. i used to intern with hope for the day for a little bit too so oh cool i was just like oh no please this is like <laughs> the best you know one of the better things here and i know obama came back on to like you know reendorse it mm-hmm. and then pritzker actually was like i bought coffee from this um yeah, <laughs> this yeah. Coffee, i'm like that's sick. And then of course everyone <laughs> in the comments were like, Oh, you can buy coffee, but you can't let us free. It's like, sir. <sighs> People are fucking dumb, dude. Honestly, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it because I'm going to say some like really mean shit about these people, but like they deserve it. it just character. shut their- Yeah, dude, they need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I wish that I was confident enough to speak so confidently on things that I know so very little about. But like, do I don't you? have that in me. I, I, do I want, <laughs> I wish like I, I grew up with so much anxiety about like pretending or being hypocritical or like, like, I don't want to say anything that I don't mean. I don't want to like speak to something that like I don't have. I wish that I could just let all of that go and just be a fucking monster. I wish yeah. that, like, like there are so many people who make it through life being absolute morons 
that just don't know that they're morons and they just do things. And I'm like, that sounds great because like always constantly being stuck in the back of your head, like, Hey, you might think that you know this, but you don't. And you're a big idiot too. And then there's just people out here who just get to fucking walk all over people with their guns and their machines and And their bazookas and And I'm like, I just wish I had that within me, but also, yes, of course. No, I don't. I'm happy that I'm, (laughs) I'm happy that I'm at least conscious enough to be like, you're reasonable and rational. You, Yeah. 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 Of course. Of course. (laughs) I am obviously very happy that that is my personality. I'm glad that I am the way that I am, but at the same time off, I just had unrepentant confidence. Oh God. The things I could do. The things I could do to these people. (laughs) Who knows, dude? It's scary to think about though, right? Yeah, but I would get done all of my post-its on my wall. Oh my God. (laughs) Ain't nothing stopping me. Damn. Think about you know, it, this man. is this is like this is like the beginning of an episode of uh like the twilight zone you know where like a genie comes and like mm-hmm. you think something's gonna you think it's all gonna be good and then like everything you ask for is like a really terrible mirror version of what you ask for yeah. this yeah. is actually in season two of twilight zone right now actually oh really uh, oh yeah yeah you know this is this all of it we're actually in a simulation which is twilight zone <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> did you get? Did you watch that new that reboot that they did with Jordan Peele? I haven't, but I heard nothing but good things about it. The I first watched, episode was free on YouTube, I think, right? I watched yeah, and something. I watched it, and it was really good. Yeah, I need to watch the rest of it. It was very like, like I want to say it was kind of like Black Mirror, but without being like too. But then, British. like Black Mirror is just like old Twilight Zone, and then we're like in a yeah. Twilight Zone conversation about I it. I know it's and weird. I mean, Black Mirror is like we're not doing another season because this is too much like Black Mirror. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> we're basically <laughs> in Black Mirror right now, so we don't need to make a TV show. And uh-uh. some like crazy supernatural, like wee wee music yeah. right here. Yeah, exactly. Very ethereal, crazy music. What we need is a reboot of the first season of American Horror Story with that hot dad. <laughs> That's what I want. I'm not arguing that. That uh, what's his and name? The, Dylan McDermott um, or McDermott, yeah, yeah, Dylan McDermott or Dermot McDillon. There's <laughs> like Dude, two of he, them or something. I need American Horror Story to just stop being what it's been for like the last like five seasons, and I need it to just go back to how season one was, and then just keep it going. Dude, I still when I get in when I go to my bathroom if the curtains closed, I'll still <laughs> say like, "Hey, picky, 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 oh picky." My oh my god! Uh, I'll like, wait to see if that guy's gonna shoot me. You just brought back something that I haven't thought about in a long no. time, and how much well, that freaked Ryan, me out. Ryan <laughs> Murphy, Ryan Murphy did say he's gonna try to do like one off, like Amer- it's gonna be called American Horror Stories. So oh, that'd be cool. That's where much better. He'll take like certain, I guess, characters or whatever, and like explore like an hour or two of whatever like mini sode. And I'm like, honestly, I rather fucking have that yeah. than any other season that you're probably going to bring back the goddamn witches for for no goddamn reason to begin with, and then <laughs> make the complete utter nonsense out of it, aka apocalypse. Yeah, the <laughs> witches. There's too much, too much witches stuff right now. I mean, with Sabrina. And other witch programs. I'm <laughs> and not. F- I, and, and the other ones. I'm not as much a fan. Have you guys watched Riverdale at all? No. no. I, have, I have a friend who's like super into it, but I am not. So I had heard about it 
um, you know, tangentially through like advertisements and stuff, but I never looked into what it was. And then my partner was watching it one night and she comes out and, you know, cause she was watching it on her laptop she comes out into the living room. I was like finishing up a video game or something. She's like, uh, can we watch Riverdale? And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure tonight's the last night we can watch it on Netflix before it's gone. And I'm like, okay, well it is this is like September 30th or something. And I was like, yeah, fine. Whatever. We'll watch the show. <laughs> we get like two episodes in and I'm like, did he, is that guy's name Archie? And they're like, yeah. And then like, and I was like, wait a minute. And that, is that Jug? Wait the fuck a minute. And I like had to Google it. Yeah. And I was like, this is just a show about Archie and Jughead yeah. and all the gang. And I was like, and they turned it into like this, the this sexy teen drama. And like, I can't look away. So I inadvertently watched like the last half of the, the most recent season that was on Netflix and like didn't hate it. Is it but, a recommendation? <laughs> it's it's one thumb up one thumb down it's just so silly like yeah. it's probably something you like put on in the background of, like as noise and if you catch it again you're like oh that happened yeah like if you're tired of putting on the parks and rec or the office and like put this on <laughs> give that a shot i'm never tired of putting on those two shows yeah it's, uh, you would i you would think that i'd be tired of it by now but after all these years it just still it's like my security blanket yeah yeah Oh, how comfortable I am. Yeah, like Morocco Nights. Yeah. You know, on Office, just take me there. (laughs) Lizzie, I can't help but notice that you're not responding that Parks and Rec in the office are your security blanket. I've never watched Parks and Rec, and my sister watched The Office in full, like, like consecutively, but she just play the intro. So I went through the (laughs) entire, all those seasons, because it was when um, we were in our old house, and... My bedroom was the dining room, so I had a curtain, and my sister was in the living room. That was like right there, and so I just heard it every fucking day. I was like, "Fuck this show, <laughs> I'm done." I don't. That's, yeah. I just know the memes, but fuck this show. Same thing with Friends, because she did the same thing. I was like, "Fuck this show." Oh my god, I hate dude. everything, uh, and then I just never got with Parks and Rec. I'm more of a Degrassi person. You oh, okay? I mean, you can be both. I like Drake. I yeah. like. <laughs> Drake before he got shot or after yeah. he got shot? I don't know. It's kind of an endearing kind of uh, character arc. <laughs> Let's see. I, a little humble. I need you to watch Parks and Rec just because, like, I wish I could go back to the first time I watched Parks and Rec. Listen, it's really I'm still good. trying to finish Umbrella Academy after the first two episodes I watched also a year fair. ago. See, that's also a true fair. emo. That's a true emo answer right there. You're gonna stand Listen. Gerard way all the all the fucking day. Listen, I have listened to. I mean, I read Umbrella Academy when I was in high school. Oh, nice. So when people were like, "Oh, it's a graphic novel," I'm like, "Hmm, hmm. plebes." Okay. <laughs> you know, Parks and Rec was a graphic novel. Too. I mean, I have. Uh, <laughs> Stop. I have the Killjoys graphic novel. I thought it was closer for me to grab, but it's up there. I see you got the Watchmen in the background. Yeah, this is my my pride and joy, pretty much. Nice. Boy. So is that, is the, that the Snyder cut? No, it's not. It's a whole. It's a whole very pretty, uh, like graphic novel, like stuff that didn't make it into the graphic novel. Oh. So like old, like yeah, clippings and everything. Yeah, it was it a gift like a because book. I wasn't paying the OG one hundred and fifty dollars for it. So no, wow. That's pretty um, legit. I have yeah, a copy. Big Watchmen fan, so good. Um, I have a copy of 
Alan Moore's From Hell on my desk at work Ooh. that I need to read when I get it. Um, came highly recommended from my coworker Chad, who uh, is the fellow nerd in the office along with me. Love it. So yeah, I read a whole bunch of Batman uh, comics like earlier this year. I was doing, I was flying around the country a bunch for some different stuff, and I just went to the Chicago Public Library and I was like, "Where's your comic book section?" <laughs> and they like pointed me they're like over there and there's just like some kid like <laughs> I, you know um, it might have been me uh that actually you. might have been me <laughs> it could have been either there's, one of us it could have been really yeah i went over there and just picked up a bunch of like collected comic series and i was like this will be fine and so cut to me this like six foot two tattooed giant sitting in the aisle seat of a plane reading like Batman on the red eye flight to Baltimore. Like I'm so happy right now with my stories. <laughs> my stories. Batman's going to beat up the beard guys. He's going to get the Joker. <laughs> did, did you read a uh, killing joke? Yes. Yeah, so I read killing joke. I uh, read dark victories. Uh, I read, um, What's the one with the, the calendar man where he's in Arkham? It doesn't matter. Um, I read a lot. I read like five different Batman ones. And then I read Sin City. And Oh, I have all the, I have, you can't see it again, but I have the, all the collectors, the old school ones. So it makes. Oh, um, really? Yeah. One of my That's friends, sick. when I was in high school, her older brother was really in the like graphic novels and comics and she wasn't. So every time he would give her one, she'd be like, yeah, I read it and just give it to me. So she gave oh. me like the whole series except for seven, which of course was like the most expensive and hardest to find. And I right. found it. I was like, fuck it. When am I going to find this again? <laughs> so now it's very pretty. That's sick. <laughs> on my bookshelf. Um, that's super cool, man. Yeah. I, um, I, I was super into collecting when I was a kid. Uh, I was really into like amazing Spider-Man and, um, stuff like that. But then I, I totally fell out of it. Like in high school, I joined a band and like, that was where all my money went. Um, <laughs> and then flash forward to like me working at Metro and starting to talk with my coworker, Chad, who's, you know, several years older than me, but he had like this extensive collection of like comic books and video games and we slowly realized like we were making references that the other one understood. And then finally he invited me over to his house after work one day and he's like, Oh yeah, I've got all the, you know, Alan Moore stuff. I've got all the, every episode or everything of like the walking dead, you know, like um, those collected novels and shit like that. So I was like, okay, cool. So he just lets me borrow stuff all the time. Um, and then he went with me to a comic store the other day or not the other day, like months ago. Uh, and I got saga. <laughs> Have you read saga? I've heard, no, I've heard of it. I know it's supposed to be like one of the really, a really good one. That's what he said. It's it's still, I haven't read it yet, but I think I'm, I should dive into that this week, actually. Have you read uh, Blankets? It's kind of like Big Sad Emo vibes. So no, like I haven't read it. You want to read it when you're not already Big Sad because you're going to make yourself even more depressed. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a thick one, like at least this thick. Damn boy, he thick. <laughs> he thick, yeah, he thick. And it's about this dude who like, um, like, oh my god, I love this girl. And then she leaves, and then it's like him like going through all of his like past emotions and experiences, how he got from point A to like all the way at the end of where he is now. And like the the graphics in it and like the coloring and the illustration is beautiful. And it's all That's in sick. like four different colors. So when anything changes, oh, wow. you kind of notice the mood shift a little bit. That's um, very cool. Hmm. It is really cool. And then I just find a lot of random ones that 
I called blankets. Out. You said I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, add blankets. it to these. Yeah, it's a it's a big thick boy. I don't want to get up on my chair and fall. <laughs> I'm trying to find <laughs> a post-it note I can me. write it down on. <gasps> it's blankets, a graphic novel by graphic Craig Thompson. Craig T. Nelson. But this does look emo as fuck, dude. Oh, look at this. It is. I read it and I was like, I'm emotionally destroyed. <laughs> Shit. And All right. I did, well, I found this one. It was by, it was by an author that actually like had written another book that I, but that I like, but I can't remember his name. But it's called Love Sucks, and it's like this early. It's like this early 2000s, late 1990s, like vampire kind of like ridiculous scenario. But and you, but you can yeah. tell by the way that like they're the characters written because they weren't there's like using words that aren't politically correct. Um, <laughs> Life so it's definitely sucks. Dated. It's definitely dated, but I, yeah. I think it's it's like a fun like mindless read. If you're like I just don't want to deal deal with anything anymore, so let's just deal with something that's completely ridiculous. And that's oh, what yeah. it is. <laughs> the synopsis the synopsis here on Wikipedia is uh, about a vampire who works as a night store clerk and is in love with a goth Latina woman who wants to be a vampire. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's Made the entire Wikipedia. That's all you need I, to know, really. Is, that is, <laughs> it is two sentences on Wikipedia and that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, be, and it's kind of funny because her character kind of like low-key letting everyone just like, oh, this is like a novella. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I love oh. it. I just found it at a secondhand bookstore that closed by me like five six years ago and i was like this is great (laughs) (laughs) perfect um have you guys ever been to this conversation is kind of reminding me about like finding random stuff have you ever been to odd obsession um movies on milwaukee no i heard that it did close though because of this whole yeah i know they're closing because of the corona but they're doing a big like garage sale or yard sale i think this weekend So if there's any weird, obscure movies or uh, film stuff like that, if anyone on the the pod likes any of that stuff, you should check it out. I think it's just Google search odd obsession. And then like, you can look at their Instagram. I think that's where I found the details about it. Hmm. Yeah. So go plug for a local business. Yeah. Go grab some weird movies. Go grab a growler at G man. Yeah. Make a Saturday out of it. Let me tell you guys, I'm going to plan your weekend. <laughs> that, Listen to Brett right now. Yeah, and then it's like, do, 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 do. Weekends with you Brett. Can, you know? Now for our new segment. Right. Weekends with Brett. <laughs> yeah. Write that sweep. Is that what you called it earlier? You called it a, a swift. A swift a what was the thing sweeper, when you asked the famous sweeper. people? Yeah. A sweeper. A swiffer. Yeah, I'll be the sweeper. <laughs> what a sweeper! Oh. <laughs> You're like an old man. All right, uh, the Benadryl is uh, wearing on right now. Oh man! <laughs> uh, How many little... did you take again? Three, four, seven, teen. <laughs> so you want to have a couple days rest? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna see you guys on Saturday. <laughs> gotta yeah. get my rest. Like right up, bright and early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I cut you off. So what were you going to say? Yeah, well, we've, we've recorded for a little over an hour. We usually do a little bit extra on the stream after we record. So okay. uh, I'll cool. let us just sort of do like our 
you know, end of the thing, like I'll let you plug uh, wherever people can go to find out more information, uh, how they can help, yeah. what they can do. Uh, and then we'll yeah. just sort of wrap it up from there. Awesome. So, uh, yeah. What do you, what should, what should we do? Where, what, what should we do with uh, Neva and Sybil and uh, how to save our stages here? Well, guys, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> this is like a TV plug. Um, camera two. Um, no, please. Uh, in all seriousness, though, I, we've had a lot of fun here tonight joking around, uh, being silly and stuff. But if you visit saveourstages.com, um, that's going to be the landing page for you to find out everything about NEVA the National Independent Venue Association. Um, there's right on the homepage a super easy form that you can fill out with your name, your email address, your physical address, um, and a little bit about yourself. And there's pre-made messages that automatically will send now more than ever people's help in um, saving independent music and saving live music for the foreseeable future. Um, and yeah, any every voice... Every voice counts. Every voice is heard. Um, so please visit saveourstages.com. It's a great place for all the resources for the National Independent Venue Association. And thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun to hang out and uh, rap with you two tonight. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. of course. We appreciate you coming on and being open to it. So, For yeah. sure. Something that matters a lot to us, I'm sure matters a lot to our audience as well. So I'm glad that... Yeah. You know, it's 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 dark out there, but hopefully there's some light that we can bring to. I tried to make that sound really nice, and I just I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> it's like, well, it's very maybe just a little bit of light for everyone. No, do it in the Alex Jones voice. I was gonna I say this is like a <laughs> no. I know, <laughs> I know that it's dark. Everybody's looking out their windows, and it's just dark out there. It's darkness, but. Maybe if we all work together and everybody buys my silver uh, pills, you take this, it kills the coronavirus right away. You take, you take, you take two of these, take one in the morning, one at night, drink some water, feel a lot better. And uh, Mercury. I think we all can bring some light back to this. I also kind of sound like uh, uh, Batman from. You kind of sounded like <laughs> yeah. You, you kind of sounded like Beetlejuice a little there for a hey. bit. Oh, I, honestly, I think Alex Jones <laughs> took hey. his cue from Beetlejuice. If I'm not, hey toots, <laughs> hey toots, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Save for later. <laughs> Damn, yeah, it it's is kind movie. of the same voice. Yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, do you think that Beetlejuice creators like Tim Burton can sue Alex Jones for stealing his character identity? You know what? I think you should try. It? I think you should In just this go for economy? it. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Who knows? All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'm a. We'll say thank you to you here. Thank you, Brett, for for coming on the show. Yeah. And, and yeah. Giving thank you us again for having me. The lowdown. It's it's awesome that uh you know these things exist that people can get involved and people can help support uh, local venues because as I'm sure we all agree they're really important and we have a lot of good memories uh experienced right. at at all these local venues across chicago metro being a yeah. very specific one that i can say i would be very upset to see it uh anything happen to it so uh we'll we'll close out the pod here 
And uh, if you are watching us on Twitch, we'll stick around for a little bit, chat with you. Uh, if you're not watching us on Twitch and you're listening to this podcast every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m., you can go to emosocialclub.tv, hang out with us, chat with us, tell us if you can hear me with my microphone or not, <laughs> tell us if my hair looks good or bad. Uh, I have a mustache. Nobody brought it up, and I'm kind of glad about that. And I'd rather... Uh, oh, no. I saw I saw your Instagram, and I just said, excellent, mm, I don't excellent. like that. Yes. Very handsome. Listen, it's I'm... quite handsome mustache. I'm, I'm going through some stuff. Uh, so we'll see you next Wednesday on the stream. And uh, for all for all that are listening to the podcast, I'm going to play the outro music. God, I wish I had it queued up. That would have been a really smart thing that I would have done. You never learn, do you? I never learn. And uh, <laughs> now I got to try to figure out the timing again. We're going to learning on the spot. From all of us here at the Emo Social Club podcast, I am Brian. I'm Lizzie. And we'll see you next <laughs> week. And that's Brett. And goodbye. <laughs> that was amazing. Love it. It is every week. We've been doing it differently every week, and it is For constantly a learning process. <laughs>